Sunday Stories is a podcast presentation of Christ Episcopal Church North Hills in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. year when the sun sets before five in the afternoon and by 5 30 it's dark and yet in windows along sidewalks and across front lawns colorful lights flicker and glow it's fun to go for a walk or a drive between dinner and bedtime to see how people have decorated their homes for the holidays which house has the most lights the most inflatable decorations, the silliest decorations, the most beautiful decorations. Who has the most decorations of all? There's always one house that will have so many lights it can be seen from space. There's a Christmas house, my granddaughter says joyfully, when she spies an inflatable Santa on the front lawn or a wreath on the door. There's not a Christmas house, she will announce, sadly, when no candle glows from the window and no elf perches on the porch. For her, and for most of us, I think, those bright, jolly decorations are tangible signs of a potential joy. After all, we reason if the house sparkles so brightly on the outside, then the inside must positively glow with joy. That's because, for us, we confuse joy with the happiness we feel when we see houses with bright decorations, gifts in shiny paper, and cookies covered in sprinkles. These wonderful things do bring happiness. But when the decorations come down, the gifts are put away, and the cookies are gone, we feel sad. We feel sad because we believe Christmas is over. We believe Christmas is over because we don't see Christmas things. But would you believe that when Christmas things like the lights, the decorations, the tree, and all the presents under it are put away and the last cookie is gone, we can still feel joy. Because for us, joy is not just a feeling that we get from Christmas things, but an inner knowing, an inner peace that is given to us by God's Holy Spirit. We rejoice even when we don't see Christmas because Jesus, the Messiah, whose birth we celebrate, comes to life in all the joyful things we do in his name. You see, this gift, this gift of joy, is a deep understanding that Christmas does not end on Christmas Day but can shine through our actions every day of every year of our lives. Sometimes joy causes us to do things that we would not naturally do, like the baker in today's Sunday story, who is known for his honesty as well as his fine St. Nicholas cookies. He always gives his customers exactly what they pay for, nothing more, 
and nothing less. Until one day, an old woman comes into his shop and insists that there are not twelve cookies in a dozen, but thirteen. Let's listen to today's Sunday story. The Baker's Dozen, a St. Nicholas Tale, by Aaron Shepherd. In the Dutch colonial town, later known as Albany, New York, there lived a baker, Van Amsterdam, who was as honest as he could be. Each morning, he checked and balanced his scales, and he took great care to give his customers exactly what they paid for, not more and not less. Van Amsterdam's shop was always busy because people trusted him and because he was a good baker as well. And never was the shop busier than in the days before December 6, when the Dutch celebrate St. Nicholas Day. At that time of year, people flocked to the baker's shop to buy his fine St. Nicholas cookies. Made of gingerbread, iced in red and white, they looked like St. Nicholas as the Dutch know him tall and thin, with a high red bishop's cap and a long red bishop's cloak. One St. Nicholas Day morning, the baker was just ready for business when the door of his shop flew open. In walked an old woman, wrapped in a long black shawl. I have come for a dozen of your St. Nicholas cookies. Taking a tray, Van Amsterdam counted out twelve cookies. He started to wrap them, but the woman reached out and stopped him. I ask for a dozen. You have only given me twelve. Madam, said the baker, everyone knows that a dozen is twelve. But I say a dozen is thirteen, said the old woman. Give me one more. Van Amsterdam was not a man to bear foolishness. Madam, my customers get exactly what they pay for, not more and not less. Then you may keep your cookies. The woman turned to go but stopped at the door. Van Amsterdam, however honest you may be, your heart is small and your fist is tight. Fall again, mount again, learn how to count again. From that day, everything went wrong in Van Amsterdam's bakery. His bread rose too high or not at all. His pies were sour or too sweet. His cakes crumbled or were chewy. His cookies were burnt or doughy. His customers soon noticed the difference. Before long, most of them were going to other bakers. That old woman has bewitched me, said the baker to himself. Is this how my honesty is rewarded? A year passed. The baker grew poorer and poorer. Since he sold little, he baked little, and his shelves were nearly bare. His last few customers slipped away.
Finally, on the day before St. Nicholas Day, not one customer came to Van Amsterdam's shop. At day's end, the baker sat alone, staring at his unsold St. Nicholas cookies. I wish St. Nicholas could help me now, he said. Then he closed his shop and went sadly to bed. That night, the baker had a dream. He was a boy again, one in a crowd of happy children, and there in the midst of them was St. Nicholas himself. The bishop's white horse stood beside him, its baskets filled with gifts. Nicholas pulled out one gift after another and handed them to the children. But Van Amsterdam noticed something strange. No matter how many presents Nicholas passed out, there were always more to give. In fact, the more he took from the baskets, the more they seemed to hold. Then Nicholas handed a gift to Van Amsterdam. It was one of the baker's own St. Nicholas cookies. Van Amsterdam looked up to thank him, but it was no longer St. Nicholas standing there. Smiling down at him was the old woman with the long black shawl. Van Amsterdam awoke with a start. Moonlight shone through the half-closed shutters as he lay there thinking. I always give my customers exactly what they pay for, he said. Not more and not less. But why not give more? The next morning, St. Nicholas Day, the baker rose early. He mixed his gingerbread dough and rolled it out. He molded the shapes and baked them. He iced them in red and white to look just like St. Nicholas. And the cookies were as fine as any he had made. Van Amsterdam had just finished when the door flew open. In walked the old woman with the long black shawl. I have come for a dozen of your St. Nicholas cookies. In great excitement, Van Amsterdam counted out 12 cookies and one more. In this shop, he said, from now on, a dozen is 13. You have learned to count well, said the old woman you will surely be rewarded. She paid for the cookies and started out. But as the door swung shut, the baker's eyes seemed to play a trick on him. He thought he glimpsed the tail end of a long red cloak. As the old woman foretold, Van Amsterdam was rewarded. When people heard he counted 13 as a dozen, he had more customers than ever. In fact, Van Amsterdam grew so wealthy that the other bakers in town began doing the same. From there, the practice spread to other towns and at last through all the American colonies. And this, they say, is how 13 became the baker's dozen, a custom common for over a century and alive in some places to this day. Were you as surprised as me that the woman became angry? 
when the baker refused to give her an extra cookie. I mean, after all, there are only 12 cookies in a dozen, not 13. I wonder why she insisted on getting 13 cookies when she was only willing to pay for 12. Does that seem fair? I must admit, at first, I thought she was pushy and rude to insist on having 13 cookies. But then she said something that made me wonder. Van Amsterdam, however honest you may be, your heart is small and your fist is tight. Sometimes we can be quite smug, quite pleased with ourselves for our honesty. Certainly, this baker is. It is his pride and joy. After all, his honesty is a big reason people come to his shop. I wonder, though, if someone didn't have the money to pay for a cookie, would he give them a cookie instead? Which is what the old woman wants. She wants him to give her a cookie, an extra cookie that she doesn't pay for. What would be the harm in that? Well, that is exactly what this story is about, giving, and how it brings joy. St. Paul, whose letter to the Thalassians we read in part today, tells us to rejoice, which means to give joy. Before he meets the old woman, the baker doesn't rejoice. He doesn't give joy to others. In fact, he doesn't give anything at all. This is what the old woman means when she tells him his heart is small and his fist is tight. God wants our hearts to open with joy, and Jesus, his son, shows us how. Joy is the gift that causes us to put God first in our lives so that his goodness shines out like a light into the darkness around us. It is the joy the baker feels when he receives the cookie from St. Nicholas in his dream. When the baker decides to give the extra cookie, he feels this joy again. The woman rejoices not because everyone now gets a free cookie, but because the baker's heart is no longer small, nor is his fist tight. His heart is filled with joy and it opens his hands so that he can share that joy with everyone. I hope today's Sunday story awakens the joy that is in your heart. I pray that you will discover this gift that God has given to you and rejoice always. Let us pray. Rejoice. We leap for joy and sing a song of gladness because the Lord is God and God made us. We are God's always. Let us be joyful and serve the Lord with gladness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sunday Stories is a podcast presentation of Christ Episcopal Church North Hills in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 